Here's the thing about new Cherry Vanilla Coke. Though Cherry's named first, all the flavors taste just as great. I mean, it could have just as easily been Vanilla Cherry Coke, or it could have been Coke Cherry Vanilla. And since it's two amazing flavors of Coke, it might have been Coke Vanilla Cherry Coke or Cherry Vanilla Coke Coke. Mm-hmm. Unless you're in France, which would make it Le Coke de la Vanilla de la Cherry de la Creme. New Cherry Vanilla Coke, so good together. And New Cherry Vanilla Coke Zero Sugar, same great taste, zero sugar. Construction Roofing Studio. It's Jimmy B and TC on 1700K BGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Hour number two of the Thursday get together. Jimmy B and TC here with you on the Big Talker 1700 at 100.9 The Cub. You can also find us streaming on TuneIn Radio, iHeart, all those streaming applications. You can listen to us, lock us in as you're stuck at work. And hear us talk about sports here each and every afternoon. 515-264-1700, the phone number. We'll get to your phone calls a little bit later on. But right now, time to talk Big Ten with our man Ken Silverstein. He joins us on the Draft House 50 hotline. Ken, good afternoon. Good day to you, Trent. How are thee? Uh, doing well. It's a busy time. We got state tournament coverage here uh, with the Boys and Girls State Tournament. We had a wrestling tournament a couple weeks ago. So it's a busy time, but... A fun time, and any time I can flip on and, and watch Campbell against UNC Asheville in the afternoon, it's a good day to me. Yeah, well, thank goodness it's March. Okay, not like for spring training and baseball around the corner, but uh, first things first, March Madness is almost here. And I got to tell you, uh, and we've kind of hinted at this over the last few Thursdays, it is really, forget the Big Ten for the moment. Okay, that that's, that's a nightmare in its own right. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out, Who's legit? Who might end up being the Final Four? I don't know. Maybe it's every year, but I've always thought the last few years, there was one, maybe two teams that you looked at and you said, hmm, they're going to be there. They're, they're, they're by far the favorites or favorites to be at least in the Final Four, Final Two, and then standing up right as the winner. I look at the landscape right now, and I could see eight, ten teams-ish uh, being in the Final Four, Final Two, and then obviously – withstanding the competition being numero uno. So it's going to be a hell of a ride. Election Sunday is fast approaching. And then obviously the tournament, uh, what, begins, what, two weeks from today, if my math is yeah, correct? Absolutely. So, I mean, it's coming. And, um, yeah, we still have games to go, and we still got to figure out the regular season Big Ten. we got the conference tournament in D.C., and that's all good. Those are like little appetizers. Um, but I'm waiting for Selection Sunday to see where they end up going, the big boys, and who's got the clear, clearest path. And maybe some of the mystery will then disappear when you start looking at your bracket or brackets and start saying to yourself, okay, so-and-so's got a clearer path than others, so now this makes a lot more sense than maybe somebody else. Well, Ken, I was all revved up. I already had my first question for you lined up. And then last night, your boyfriend, former spouse, uh, <laughs> So the divorce happened back in January. Maybe it was early February. I thought you were going to be coming around. They won four out of five, and then they go and lose at Illinois, keeping the Illini's faint chances alive of getting into the NCAA tournament. Is that just what Michigan State is? They're inconsistent. They're young. They're frankly not very good. And, hey, maybe with the right draw they could get to a Sweet 16. But outside of that, this is not a team that we normally expect out of Sparty. 
no, no, this is not it. And it's been a long year in East Lansing. Football is horrific. Oh. Uh, they have their own issues now. Michigan State off the field in regards to the football program. We'll leave that alone uh, for the time being. Let the uh, judicial system and the university figure out what's up and what's down in regards to that subject matter, which is not pretty, at least from the uh, outside looking in. And the basketball. I mean, look, you go into a basketball season, Big Ten, there are, there are things that are, are consistent, constant, whatever you want to call it. And one of them is that Michigan State's going to be a major player and they're going to win 20-plus, and they're going to be a big boy in this conference because tradition says, the resume says, that's going to be the case. And, you know, they're not supposed to be losing Illinois. Mm-hmm. Okay, now credit Illinois, as you as you mentioned, they have played better over the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, right now I agree with you, they, what are they, 8-9 in conference, 18-12 uh, and 12 overall. If they can get to 500, uh, that normally, normally, means you got a shot uh, of being in the field of 60-plus. Um, just looking at the schedule. Well, they got to play Rutgers on Saturday. They'd better win that game. So let's give them a victory. They're going to be 9-9, nine and 19-12. Nine, if they win one game in the tournament and play competitively in game two, they might. They might squeeze in. You know, again, you know, I don't know if this is the year where the rule breaks where if you're 500 above in a major conference, you get in. I don't, you know, just looking at it right now, Wisconsin won, Maryland is two, Minnesota three, Purdue obviously four. That's four teams. Northwestern is in after that thriller last night. That is five. Uh, yeah, Michigan State's going to be in. They're going to they're going to have ten wins at least in conference. So that's six. Then you got Michigan, Iowa, and Illinois. Those three. How many get in? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Michigan's got only one more game. Iowa's got two. Illinois's got one. Illinois's got an advantage. They get Rutgers. Okay, so you got to assume they're going to be 500. Then it comes down to Michigan and Iowa to see who can, over the last couple, uh, stay at least 500 or slightly above. So let's do the math. One, two, three, four, five. Michigan State, six. And three teams battling for, what do you think, Trent, one spot or two spots? Well, I, I think Michigan's safe as long as they don't lay an egg here, lose at Nebraska, and lose in the opening round. RPI still at 47. Nice Good. win in the non-conference against uh, SMU on a neutral floor. You know, they, they played pretty well there. Overall, I think their profile is strong enough that they're going to be okay the Illini, they need to beat Rutgers. I still think there can be as many as eight. There can be as many as eight. Wow. I, Iowa's problem is even if they beat Wisconsin tonight, beat Penn State on Saturday, their RPI right now is 90. Uh, they got to have a big run here at least to the semifinals, maybe even to the championship game for them to get back in there just because the computer numbers aren't there for Iowa. Even if they would finish 10-8 and eight in the conference, it just doesn't stack up for the Hawkeyes. No, and it's, and it's and it's disappointing because usually the rule is, and it's not you know it's not steadfast. Right. Usually, if you play five hundred or above in the Big Ten, in hoops you're going to get in. And, and right now, at two games to go, they're dead even. The Hawkeyes at eight and eight, sixteen and thirteen, as everyone is aware of. So, uh, yeah, I definitely got to beat Wisconsin tonight. I mean, yep. if they lose tonight, they're cooked. Yep. But um, they win tonight. <clears throat> excuse me, and close it out with 10 wins. And 
What, you say what, win two games in the tournament at least? At, at the least two, yeah, because they're going to be in the 8-9 game, 7-10 game, you know, something like that against a, right. a middling team, kind of like themselves, say it's Ohio State, Michigan, whatever. They still are going to have to beat somebody good in the quarterfinals, I think, to get there, be it a Purdue, Maryland, Wisconsin, whoever it may be, just because the loss of the non-conference to Nebraska-Omaha had some other questionable losses during the non-conference, and, and the strength overall, there just isn't a whole lot in the resume. RPI, as much as it might be archaic, it still matters, and, and for the Hawkeyes, that's what they're going to have to do. Well, you just yeah. go back to a year ago, Ken. Remember, Ohio State went 11-7 and last year in the Big Ten and didn't make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah, and again, RPI, if my memory serves me, got that last mm-hmm. year. They were so, 78. Yeah, so, yeah, I, we like to kind of dismiss RPI as being a tad archaic, but it is it is one of the dominoes. It is a factor, and it's one that everyone can digest and, and look at it and go, well, if you're 90th or 70-plus or whatever the number may be, that ain't good enough. So uh, right now you're looking at one, two, three, well, let's do it. Purdue, Wisconsin, Maryland, yep. Minnesota four, Northwestern five, Michigan State six. Michigan, I think you got Michigan in. I agree with you. I, I think do. at seven, at seven, and then it really comes down to can Iowa? Excuse me, can Illinois get in? Assuming Iowa doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I'm going to be conservative here because it's such a down year for the conference. I'm going to go with seven and that both Iowa and Illinois and everybody else does not make it. But I could see where maybe by the skin of their teeth, Illinois gets in, uh, but they're going to have to do something in D.C. in the tournament, Big Ten uh, tournament. Right now I see seven. Um, Again, it's just, you know, again, you look at last night. I mean, if you're Michigan, how in the hoot does that occur? Seriously, (laughs) I, I watched the game. I've watched the replay on my phone. I've watched it on ESPN. This morning, about three times, and I'm thinking to myself, there was one plus point seconds to go. You can't knock the ball down. Mm-hmm. Okay? Get it. You cannot let them catch it. And then, better yet, you can't let them catch it and shoot it and score. And that's a horrific loss uh, for Michigan. Well deserved. Well, I don't know if it's well deserved. I mean, a little bit of luck, I guess, involved uh, for Northwestern, but they'll take it. They're in. And I don't think anybody will dispute, uh, even if they're knocked out trending round one of the tournament in D.C., they're still going to get in. Uh, it's a great story. Again, how far they're going to go, debatable. Um, again, it depends on the brackets. Um, I'll throw this one at you. In regards to let's assume the season ends as it does. Okay. And let's assume that, just for conversation purposes, Purdue wins it. Mm-hmm. Okay. How high of a seed can Purdue be? I think there are four. I think they'll get up to the four line, but I think that's the highest anybody can get right now. Wisconsin, Purdue, Maryland, whoever you throw in there making a run, I think that's as high as any of those teams can get as the four line. I don't think you're going to see a three seed. You're not going to see a Michigan State last year. They were a two seed in the tournament. You're not going to see anything like that this year. And, you know, it's funny with that. Looking back to last year when the Big Ten felt like it was a lot better, this year it is uh, the fourth-ranked conference in terms of RPI. Last year, it was fifth. How about that? Maybe it's not quite as down as we think. Maybe there isn't that upper echelon team like we saw Indiana turn out to be and as good as Michigan State was, but the depth could prove to be a little bit better this year. You don't have the Rutgers and Minnesotas from a year ago that really dragged everybody else down with them. 
No, but you got Rutgers and Penn State, and, and then obviously the, the biggest disappointment all in, in Indiana. We've talked about IU over the last few weeks. But and those teams I mean, are I'm, decent. You know, last year Minnesota was such a train wreck, and Rutgers is improved from what they are. And I think that hurt the kind of the conference as a whole. You don't have that. Going into Penn State, I mean, you can ask a lot of teams. they got six wins. Indiana, though it's gone wrong for them over the last six weeks, that's still a talented team. It doesn't have those bottom feeder teams that are really, really bad, uh, maybe short of Rutgers still, though they are improved. Yeah, I mean, look, Rutgers has got the two conference wins. They're mm-hmm. still under 500 overall. Penn State's got six. They're a tad under 514 and 16. And maybe I'm putting too much importance on Indiana in regards to hoops in this conference, yeah. but uh, th- th- you can't be six and eleven in conference play at Indiana. You no, just cannot. No, no. You're, okay, you're right you could be eleven and six. Yeah, and at least this year, be in the hunt a little bit. You'd be at eleven and six. You'd be what tied with Maryland for third in the conference. You can't be six and eleven. Tom Crean, hello, are you listening? Uh, when you're when you're in Bloomington, you just cannot. I've said it for weeks. You can get away winning six, seven games in football, and they'll build a statue in front of the stadium <laughs> for you. But in hoops. That is not going to cut it. So I see what you're saying. Um, I understand what you're, where you're coming from in regards to the RPI between last year and this year. But when you have one of your blue bloods within the boundaries of the conference itself in Indiana playing at six and eleven, uh, that you know that, that's not good. Not only for IU and their alumni, but more importantly for the conference, that just isn't. That's just not good. I think I'm not blaming IU. One program dragging down. The entire conference. Well, maybe I am to some extent, but not totally. Uh, that's just not. It's not good for the conference image when, when you when you walk into that arena and you look up and you see the banners. Okay, yeah. Now, they ain't gonna be hanging nothing other than maybe Tom Queen <laughs> and letting him sway to the music at six and eleven when they fire him. Possibly. Uh, look, um, it's just not good. It's not good enough. Um, you know, it's fine. Uh, you know. You know, Maryland's all right, fine. They've had a pretty good year. Wisconsin, Wisconsin produced had a really nice season overall. Minnesota's a nice story um, after, you know, it's coming, slipping and sliding a little bit uh, in January-ish. Uh, they turned it around. Northwestern, obviously, is a sweetheart story. Uh, Michigan State, we've talked about. Uh, Michigan, give me a break after last night. Uh, I was really young. They'll be better next year. Illinois has come on over the last couple of weeks. Probably will finish 500, so that may save his job. Ohio State's been a disappointment. Nebraska's Nebraska. IU, we've talked about Penn State has no real basketball tradition. They are getting a little bit better. And then Rutgers. Uh, I happen to watch. I don't know if you've caught it. Speaking of Rutgers, that's a little segue here. Have you seen the BTN special on the 1976 Rutgers squad that went to the Final Four? I have not. I uh, I have made it a, a point to try to watch as many of those as possible, but there's just something that rubs me wrong when you see a Nebraska one in on BTN or a Rutgers one. They were part of the conference, but I'm sure it's good. They do do a very good job with those, and yeah, I'll catch really, it really maybe good. in April. Yeah, 76, they went to the Final Four. They lost yeah. to Michigan with Ricky Green, who had a long career in the NBA. Uh, they would lose. This is when, believe it or not, remember way back when? Oh, Ken, you're showing your age. When they played the consolation game in the Final Four. Iowa played that the folks. last time they were there. Yes, 1980. Yeah. Yep. yeah, well, this is 76. So it's pretty close chronologically. Mm-hmm. And they played UCLA, and UCLA had future NBA players all over their uh, roster, and they got beat. 
uh, Rutgers did. If you go to Piscataway, pack a lunch. It's a long road trip from uh, where we're talking to you from. But whatever. If you ever happen to be in Central New Jersey and go, ah, I got nothing to do. I'll check out the Rutgers facility. You walk in, there's a big banner for the Final Four of 76 hanging. Um, it was a good, it's a really good piece. I recommend it. I don't work for BTN. I don't get 10% for saying it, but it's a, <laughs> It's interesting because Dick Vitale is all over it. You might say, why is Dickie V involved with a BTN special with Rutgers in 76? For those who don't remember, Dickie V was an assistant coach at Rutgers during that era and recruited a bunch of the players that eventually led Rutgers in 75-76 season to the Spectrum, uh, which is now long gone in Philadelphia, which is where the NBA used to play. That was the venue for the Final Four. In 76, it was our bicentennial year, and um, Dickie V was part of that staff that got those players, Phil Sellers, Mike Dabney, Hollis Copeland, uh, James Bailey, who had a long NBA career. Uh, so if you got nothing to do and you're checking out uh, that, uh, uh, I would recommend it. It's a pretty good, pretty good story about uh, Rutgers hoops and what they were, and now you look at where they are, and yeah, they're getting a little better, but they got a long way they to do. go before they become decent. They, they really do. Michigan coached in that one by former Cyclone head coach Johnny Orr in 1976. That's right. Uh, that in is that. correct. Well, the balding uh, one, Johnny Orr, yes. Yes. Uh, oh, boy, beloved figure out here, as you can imagine. Well, uh, Ken, I wanted to do a little exercise here with you. There's nine games left in the uh, conference in the regular season. You actually counted them. Oh, I, I counted them up two and then two two uh, night and then seven over the weekend. And yeah. I have a generator here that'll spit out what the Big Ten tournament will look like. All you have to do is pick the final nine games, and we'll see how the bracket shakes out. You ready to go? Okay. I got my thinking cap on. Quote high. All right. Tonight, Nebraska at Minnesota. Gophers. Iowa at Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin's lost, what, four of their last five? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. They're at home. I just don't know which Iowa team's going to show up. They're so young. When, they're, when they play well, they play really, really well. They shoot the ball really, really well. Um, I'll go with Wisconsin. I, I, that's a tough place to play. Senior they got to win. Senior night, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the Badgers, but I think Iowa will keep it closer than some people might think. To the weekend, Michigan State's at Maryland. Oh, my, 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 my. Um, Maryland hasn't played that well over the last couple of weeks. I know you want to take your uh, boy Izzo. I know I do. I really do. <laughs> but the divorce papers have been filed. Uh, this is tough for me to pick against Michigan State. And, again, I'm not an alum. Um, I'll, go with, I'll go with Maryland. Okay. Um, but it's not a real confident pick. But I gotta, I'll pick the Terps. Purdue is at Northwestern. Uh, this is a really good game. This is a really good game. This is a Sunday game. Um, I'm going to go with Purdue because right. of size. Because I'm, I'm wondering if Northwestern's going to have a hangover after the dramatic win uh, last night. Um, I don't think Northwestern needs it that much. Uh, they're in the tournament. And when I say the tournament, I'm talking the field of 60-plus. Uh, so I'm going to go with Purdue uh, with a win on the road at Welsh uh, in Evanston. Two disappointing teams to finish it up. Your home state Buckeyes hosting Indiana. Wow. Are there two bigger disappointments in America than these two? <sighs> Both of these coaches could be gone. I think Queen is going to be more likely than uh, Thad mm-hmm. at bottom. 
think Thad might get one more year. Why? I'm not sure, but I think he'll get one more year. Um, IU's got better talent, but it doesn't show up. They've had injuries, obviously. And then you got Tom Crean coaching them. So that's a problem. Um, Ohio State's played a little bit better. That's, you know, that's not saying a lot, but they have played a little better of late. Um, and they're both so inconsistent. Um, who do I pick? Do the kids play hard for Queen? Thinking he might, oh, wow. I'll go with Ohio State, but man, this is, these are two uh, ugly ducklings. These are two <laughs> underachievers. I need a thesaurus to come up with the right word or words to describe Indiana and Ohio State. They're both major disappointments. Illinois, they go to Rutgers. The Illini get the win there, right? Yes, yeah. They better win this game yeah. because they need they need to get 500 in the conference. Rutgers, even at Piscataway, not very good. So uh, the fighting Illini uh, get to 9-9. Iowa hosting Penn State. You're with the Hawkeyes, I'm going to guess. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Hawkeyes. Yeah, um, I think they'll keep it close tonight. And, yeah, they'll beat Penn State. Uh, big, real good football game. Um, but, yeah. no, I'm, I'm going to pick uh, – I picked the Hawkeyes. Uh, uh, they're at home. PSU. Now, if this game was there in Happy Different. Valley, yep. I'd, I probably would lean maybe to Penn State by a couple. Mm-hmm. But Penn State on the road, not good enough. Uh, I think Iowa will close out the regular season. That'll be Sunday uh, with a win against um, the Nitty Lions. Two more to go. Michigan on the road at Nebraska. Um, speaking of hangovers, I wonder if Michigan will have a hangover uh, from last night's game against Northwestern. I'm going to say they will, but they'll still be good enough to beat Nebraska. Okay. Uh, I realize it's in uh, Lincoln, but I don't see a huge home court advantage in Lincoln, quite frankly, at this stage of their program. So even though I do like the arena, this is one of the nicer ones in the conference, uh, I'll go with um, the Wolverines to win that game. And the last one uh, here on the list should be a good one. Minnesota, little Ricky Bettino playing some good basketball with his Gophers at Wisconsin at the Kohl Center. Yeah, this one will be a good one. This is, again, one of the, one of the better matchups of the final, what you said, nine games left, uh, counting tonight. Um, wow, this is a good one. This is a good one. Um, I think a lot will depend if I knew what Wisconsin was going to do tonight <laughs> against Iowa. I think I'd feel better making this pick. Um I'm going to go with the Gophers with a surprise. All right. Uh, I'm going to think that I was going to take enough out of Wisconsin uh, that I think I'll go with the hotter of the two clubs. Uh, Wisconsin should win this game if you believe in tradition and some other factors. But if you're going with the hotter of the two clubs, and that's what I'm doing, I'm going to go with Little Ricky, uh, and uh, I'm going to go with the Golden Gophers. All right. I'm going to hit submit here. It uh, spits out the Big Ten tournament schedule. Opening round, Rutgers the 14 seed against the 11 seed Nebraska. 12-13 game is Indiana-Penn State. Then Mm. we move on to the second round. You have the 8-9 game will be Illinois-Iowa. Hawkeyes were swept at the hands of the Illini. The 7-10 game, speaking of football, how about this? Michigan-Ohio State. Now we're talking. Can we we get to November, please? Can we get to the Saturday after Turkey Day? I don't want to rush anybody's collective lives away. Because life is too short. But, yeah, that would be a lot better, okay, than, what is it, 7 and 10? Yeah. Oh, my. Aye, aye, aye. Please bring football on. It cannot happen soon enough. 
I'm thinking football is what about six months away, roughly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can't, can't come soon enough thinking about Ohio State, Michigan, and hoops. Okay, move on from seven and ten. That ain't uh, that's uh, not attractive. So Michigan State would be the five seed. They get the winner of Indiana, Penn State, Northwestern. The six seed gets the winner of Nebraska, Rutgers, and your top four seeds: Purdue, the one. Number two seed, Wisconsin. The Badgers, the three seed. Maryland is the four. That's how it plays out here as we submit forward uh, the projections from Ken Silverstein. I can live with that, obviously, because they're my picks. <laughs> obviously, I can live with those. Um, again, uh, you know, just and I don't have them all in front of me. I'm doing from memory with what you just said. Uh, they're, until you get to the final couple, they're not exactly um, good luck to you seeing selling tickets. Yeah, they're not exactly bowling me over for attractiveness. If no. You know what I mean? No, and um, you know, even though no, Minnesota's to... having a historic season, how many Gopher fans are making their way to DC? Wisconsin, been there, done that. It's easy to head down to Chicago or make your way to Indianapolis. DC, uh, who's going there outside of Maryland fans? Who are going to be there that next weekend? Ken? Oh, and here's the thing: if they got knocked out early, oh boy, uh, they're playing in front of Ooh, nobody. They're, right. They're, they're playing in front of empty seat cushions, okay? Mm-hmm. And I, look, I understand everything in this conference is skewed to dollars, okay? Anyone yeah. who thinks it's any other factors is out of their collective souls and minds, okay? He puts it in D.C. because he wants it in, in that northeast corridor. Um, he wants to um, uh, spur interest monetarily and otherwise. And that's fine to some extent. But when you put it there, the power base outside of Maryland in this conference, Rutgers is, is the only one left, and they're a non-factor, okay? Mm-hmm. So everybody else, what, the nearest trip to D.C., when you go from east to west, would be, what, Penn State? Right. They're not bringing anybody. The Mar- and they're not bringing anybody. No. Nope. a football school, and they and they got six wins, so they ain't bringing nobody, okay? Then as you go further East or yeah, well, no, further west. Excuse me, going away from the I ninety five quarter, away from DC, away from the side of the Big Ten uh, tournament, and you leave Penn State. The nearest school going west would be Ohio State. Now, yep. if it's football, nobody travels like Ohio State when it comes to football. Sure, but they're they're not traveling. They don't. They, they want modif- modified. Okay, so they ain't going. And then you got the Michigan schools and. Both have underachieved this year, particularly Michigan State. So they're not, they're not going. And I'll stop my geography lesson. I think I'll stop there. You catch my drift. Yeah. Anything further west than that is a haul. You're not not packing up the kids and hitting the hitting the road trip. No. And and so, look, I'm not saying everything has got to be in Chicago every year. I'm not saying everything's got to be in Indianapolis every year. Okay. Um, I think rotating it. you know, quite frankly, um, let me think here real quick. Outside of Chicago and Indianapolis, where else should the Big Ten put this tournament? Um, I don't have a problem. You know, most years would be a home court advantage. Putting it in Detroit. Yep, okay, absolutely. Or, or, or Auburn Hills, where the Pistons play in the NBA. I don't have a problem putting it in Cleveland at the Q, home of LeBron James right. and the world champion Cleveland Cavaliers. It sits 21,000 or so. Um, I'll stop there. My point is there are other venues where this thing could be held, okay, and where it is more geographically in the center, okay, 
this thing could be held at the Target Center in downtown Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's no reason why it can't be held there. They got the hotels. Okay. So uh, this thing, when you put it on the East Coast, everybody, they're counting on people flying in or driving in, and there ain't no short drive, even from Happy Valley. It's not an easy drive. First of all, Happy Valley is in the middle of nowhere. Right. Okay. And until you get to the Pennsylvania Turnpike uh, and start heading east towards D.C., if you've ever been on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, that's not a lot of fun. Maybe the worst piece of the concrete in America for a major highway. Uh, it's not an easy trip. And then everything west of Happy Valley, as I mentioned earlier, is a major excursion. So they better hope that Maryland gets to at least, they better hope, the conference, that Maryland gets to the championship game. Yeah. Or they're going to be playing in front of a bunch of empty seats. They just are. Well, that's not good for the conference. And, and the worst-case scenario here, you know, we mentioned the games over the weekend. If Michigan State does beat Maryland, Maryland goes to the five line. They'll have to play Thursday against, more than likely, Indiana. If Indiana upsets Maryland there, which is a real possibility, you're talking about three consecutive days without Maryland there playing in the oh. tournament. That oh. thing is going to be ugly. At oh, and, oh, Delaney is not going to like that one <laughs> iota. I always say I want to be Jim Delaney because I think it's a – you know, one of the greatest jobs in the world, or at least in the U.S. of A. Mm-hmm. He is not going to be a happy warrior seeing those empty seats. And I don't know how you're going to – you can't spin it. I mean, it is what it is. Right. And maybe you know, and I don't know, how long this contract is in D.C. I don't know if this is a one-year deal or they signed a multi-year deal. It's a nice building. Look, it's an NBA venue. It's I'm not – the venue is fine, okay? Um, there's no parking around there particularly. I've only been there once, and um, you know maybe I missed a parking garage nearby that I just didn't see. Um, but whether they have parking garages or not, if you're right and that scenario pans out, oh, my, there are going to be uh, a lot of empty seats, and that is not good. And you know what? I would just put a capper on what has been a very – what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, words. How about dubious mm-hmm. uh, Big Ten hoop season? As good as it was in football, and I realize the bowl season wasn't as good as it should have been, or we wished it hoped, or Delaney hoped it would have been. You can't take away the regular season, and the regular season was really, really good uh, for the Big Ten in football. So as good as it was in football, it's just been the opposite. Think of it of a coin. If heads was football, it's tails or hoops. Same coin, just the other side. It's just not been... It just hasn't been good enough. And I know what you said about RPI, and I, and I get that um, from one year to the next. Uh, part of it is that they just don't have a lot of marquee players in the conference. At least I don't think they do. Uh, they have some teams that have young players like Iowa and others that are going to get better next year and the year after. And maybe some of those folks are going to become outside of their metro area or outside of the jurisdiction of the fan base will become even bigger, uh, not only conference-wise, but nationally. And we can hope for that for those uh, young folks, uh, for their, their futures, let's say. Uh, but in the meantime, it's just not been good. And to have it in D.C. and if Maryland doesn't go far, oh, my goodness, you're going to be hearing crickets in that building, crickets. 
Well, we will uh, find out about it next week after the weekend. The bracket will be set. We've already generated our own. It'll be interesting to see, Ken. We'll talk about it next week on Thursday, and there'll be games going on when we talk. Yeah, they will be because uh, they'll start, what, 11 o'clock, I guess, a couple minutes after mm-hmm. 11 o'clock CSD on Thursday. So when we talk, we'll be, what, uh, the early games will be, what, what, second half, I guess, or maybe some. Close some to the end, winding yeah. down. Yeah, it'll yeah, be it'll maybe just about the down. end, and I anticipate we're going to see Iowa in that game, so we'll have a recap if the Hawkeyes keep their faint hopes alive or if it's over for the Hawks at that point. And we'll be talking NIT and, and et cetera, and, um, yeah, again, um, look, uh, real quick on the NIT or any other uh, tournament, if you're not in the big dance, let's say, there's no downside to it. You, you get to play more, especially if you've got a young team. There's no downside of having more games. I know some teams uh, get their ego in the way and look at it and kind of want to dismiss it, but particularly if you've got young players, there's no, there's no downside to playing one or more games. So um, if it happens to be the NIT uh, or whatever, then, then you roll with it and, Hope you get to, in the case of the NIT, New York City in the Final Four and, and roll from there. Good stuff as always, Ken. Appreciate your time. We'll talk again next Thursday. Look forward to it. Thanks, Trent. Ken Silverstein with us on the Draft House 50 Hotline. Timeout. We'll come back on the other side, go from some basketball talk. We're going to talk some Cubs baseball. John Arguello from the Cubs Den. He joins us coming up here live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios. It's Jimmy B and TC. The big games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports. 1700 KBGG. Hey everybody, it's me, it's Jimmy B, and I'm here to tell you about Aspen in the West Glen Town Center in West Des Moines. You want a great workout? Aspen has got everything that you need. It's a newly remodeled facility. All the machines, all of the weights, training sessions, everything that you need to get your health improved. And right now, Aspen is running a family add-on special. One dollar to join any membership for someone in your family as well. Just one dollar. It's a family membership add-on special. It's Aspen, West Glen, Town Center, West Des Moines. The weather's warming up, and it's time to think about your spring projects. Wolf Construction Roofing can take any roofing job, large and small, flat roof, sloped, or pitched. The guys at Wolf Construction will do a wonderful job for you. Most single-family home projects are completed in one day, and your property is left in better condition than they found it. Wolf Construction will do their best to honor you with timely communication, a job well done, and a price that's fair. It's Wolf Construction Roofing. Call BJ Bengard today, 515-225-8866, or check them out online, wolfconstruction.net. Grammy-nominated Joe Bonamassa, hailed as one of the world's greatest guitar players. Blues rock titan Joe Bonamassa, live in concert on Thursday, March 9th at the Des Moines Civic Center. Tickets on sale now at the venue box office and at DesMoinesPerformingArts.org. Joe Bonamassa, don't miss your chance to experience the guitar event of the year. Hi, this is Craig Hodson, Vice President and Market Manager of Cumulus Media Des Moines. Cumulus is a proud supporter of the Des Moines East and South Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber promotes economic development to strengthen their members' businesses and enhance the quality of life in Des Moines. Please join me in welcoming and supporting these new members. For Sure Roofing, LLC. Lovejoy Elementary. 
Consolidated Communications, Woodman Life, NAMI Greater Des Moines, University of Iowa Healthcare, Scott Jensen, Ramada Des Moines Airport Hotel, Staybridge Suites, Des Moines Downtown, Peace Tree Brewing Company, Des Moines Branch, SPW Bookkeeping, LLC, DMARC, and Brianna Wingert Design. The Des Moines East and South Chamber of Commerce and Cumulus Media wish to thank these new members. Learn more about the Des Moines East and South Chamber of Commerce online at dsmeastsouthchamber.org. What a season. Across the court to Devontae Graham. come from behind win over West Virginia last month was another example of great college games this season. Now attention turns to the big dance and final four dreams. Don't miss any of Westwood One's exclusive NCAA tournament coverage right here. You know what scares most people? Spiders, heights, public speaking. You know what scares me? Unused inventory. I find the prospect terrifying. Got goosebumps just thinking about it. That's why we use Granger. Granger's inventory management solutions make sure our facility has exactly what we need when we need it. No overstock, no understock, no goosebumps. When it comes to inventory management, Granger's got your back. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-860-6565. That's 1-800-860-6565. 1-800-860-6565. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. The Spa at West Glen, a personal journey for the mind, body, and spirit. Treat yourself with massage therapies including sweetest massage, deep tissue massage, and the signature service from the Spa at West Glen, the West Glen Body Ritual. The Spa at West Glen also provides injectables, facials, chemical peels, and medical spa treatments including Dermapen along with nutritional services. Look and feel your best with help from the Spa at West Glen. And the Spa at West Glen makes a great gift for the special lady in your life. Believe me. Call the Spa at West Glen at 515-225-2642. That's 515-225-2642. Or check them out online at relaxdemoine.com. Dr. Heidi Cook and the Spa at West Glen. Trey Condon here, and I want to tell you about our great friends at Draft House 50 on Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. If you're looking for basketball, you're not going to find a better place in the metro than Draft House 50. Big screen TVs across the bar, sound on for the local games, and great brews to go along with it. Don't forget about the food. Classic bar food with an upscale style and a tap system like you've never seen before. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. 
Hi folks, Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 515-331-1577. We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. Jim Brinson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG, live from the Wolf Construction Studio, sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent. Trent got it back with you running solo today. Jimmy B, he'll be back with us on Monday. State Tournament Girls basketball coverage continues on here tomorrow on 1700. At 130, it'll be Indianola against Cedar Falls. Then at 315, West Des Moines Valley and Iowa City West. That comes your way tomorrow afternoon. Right now, get to turn our attention away from the hoops for a little bit and talk Chicago Cubs baseball. From the Cubs den, John Arguello, he joins us on the Draft House 50 hotline. Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, Trent. How are you? Well, long time, no talk, and uh, well, last we talked, it was about a world championship for the Chicago Cubs after a winter of reflection. It's got to be a, a smile on your face throughout this whole winter, John, plus you're in Arizona, so it can't be that bad. <laughs> yeah, winter's a relative term around here, but uh, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I, I mean, all the time, I, I never get tired of it. Just something will remind me of it, I'll have to watch the highlights one more time, it just unbelievable, and, and you know you can't describe the feeling of it finally happening after all these years, and and I just can't get enough of it. I just can't get tired of it. So well, uh, you, another one would be nice. So already looking for two in a row, and uh, to get the repeat, the back to back, and you've had an opportunity to keep your eye on these guys down there in Arizona. Uh, is there a, a thing or two that's kind of jumped away here early on, maybe a storyline emerging for this team that is, again, the favorite in the NL Central, again, the favorite in the National League after what they did last year? What's some of the storylines that you think are going to be a big piece here as we work our way through March? Well, we know the Cubs are pretty much set as far as their roster goes. There, there's not much in the way of roster battles, um, either with the position players or the pitchers. There might be a spot here or there. Um, but even those competitions are are pretty narrow. So the, probably the biggest story is the Cubs are I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be good for a while. And, and if you know you're down here and you see some of the young talent that's, that's playing, you think, "Oh, the Cubs are good now." Everybody kind of knows that. But there's guys like Eloy Jimenez here, who's just a, a mountain of a man, and he can hit the ball a long way. Ian Happ, um, you know, there's uh, some good hitters like Chesney Young. Um, Jacob Hanneman has looked pretty in center field. So it's the pipeline is still flowing. So if you're a Cubs fan, you're excited about that you won the World Series, but you also got to be excited that this could go on for a while because there's, you know, they set this up for the long run. They didn't set this up to win one World Series. They set this up to be, uh, I don't want to use the word dynasty, but at least a team that could compete year in and year out. Well, we saw a team that was built the right way, as you mentioned, John, and and with it, it's not like all these young guys have come up and then uh, there's not a whole lot left back behind them. Tell us a little bit uh, about some of those young guys. You mentioned Jimenez. Some of the others that have stood out to you as you've watched the youngsters down in Arizona. Well, uh, you know, we got Jimenez. He's got that big power. He's a, a big guy. He's wearing 68 like 
Jorge Soler did, and he's a pretty good athlete in the outfield. Uh, he can throw pretty well. He can uh, be at least an average defender, and he's going to hit for a lot of power, and he's a pretty mature hitter, a pretty mature guy. So he, he's somebody I think can make a, a big impact. There's also Ian Happ, a uh, switch hitter who could play second base, mm-hmm. uh, could play left and right as well, probably third base if they if they try that one day. He's uh, got great, great bat speed, probably the best in the system, and he's He's, you know, he's just not a hitter. Also, he's a pretty good runner. He can probably steal 20 bases and maybe hit 20 homers. That's another guy uh, to look forward to that might be coming up in the in the next couple of years. Um, you know, I mentioned Young. He's just a good hitter. He's uh, he'll put the ball in play. He's not going to be maybe a, a starter, uh, but he can really hit. Uh, he can play a lot of positions. Jacob Hanneman is probably the best athlete in the system. He can play center. He's just learning how to hit. He's a former football player, so uh, baseball is still kind of new to him, so he's still learning, but there's a lot of talent there. I, I know the Cubs have been impressed with him. Jamer Candelario, who uh, was just out there in Iowa just last year, and he'll probably be there again this year. He can really hit, play uh, switch hitter from both sides of the plate, really improved at third base. Uh, you know, the question is, where, where should all of these guys play? And you know, the question is, they probably won't all play with the Cubs. Some will get traded, uh, and, and some may just come up down the road. Um, but those are some of the players to keep your eye on, um, I, you know, they brought in some pitchers like Eddie Butler, who looked really good yesterday. Um, a, a guy who, uh, you know, some people compare to Arietta because he's got all his talent, but he's had all his kind of control problems. And the Cubs picked him up from Colorado, hoping they can maybe kind of work that same magic with Butler. And, you know, while it's a lot to ask that he becomes Arietta, you know, if he could just become somebody who, who becomes a fixture in the rotation, that's a big bonus because they're about to lose lackey uh, to retirement and probably Arietta to free agency as well. Well, it was announced just a little bit ago this afternoon that it is going to be uh, John Lester that'll get the start on opening day against the Cardinals and Jake Arietta he'll be getting the ball in game number two. Certainly not a huge surprise. I think most people anticipated this. Your takeaway though uh, with Madden making it official today. Well, it, it's the right choice. Like you said, he was, he was their best pitcher last year. You know, and that, which is saying a lot because Kyle Hendricks had himself a great year, but, you know, Lester is a veteran. He's, um, he's earned it at this point. I, I think you can't go wrong with, uh, with going with Lester first. And, um, I, you know, I totally agree with him. I can't, uh, I can't knock him uh, on that at all. I have to, uh, say it was a choice I would have made as well. Yeah, it seemed, uh, to be pretty simple. You mentioned about the possibility of Arietta moving on, uh, free agency looming and uh, also looming his agent in Scott Boris. What is the likelihood, though, sometime throughout this year that we do see uh, a contract with Arietta, or do you think it's inevitable that it is going to be free agency for Jake Arietta? I think um, I think they'll probably try to talk one more time before they uh, maybe try to get uh, one last chance to try to get that deal done, but you know, Boris likes to test the market. Um, he knows that if he takes his pitchers out there, or his players, any players out there, especially with the way the market has been with pitchers lately, that he's going to get paid. Even even if he has to wait a while like they did with Scherzer, um, he's going to get his money, and he's probably going to get a lot more money than the Cubs would offer in an extension. And Arietta's going to be 30 years old, and the Cubs may not want to go seven or eight years, but once he gets on that market, some team may want to do that just to get him in there and figure, well, you know, we'll eat those last couple of years, but if we could have him, you know, between 30 and 35, 31 years old, I don't know uh, exactly what age he'll be, then you're still going to get some good years for him, and then 
you know, and then you kind of you know take a bath over it at the at the end where you're probably going to be way overpaying them. But for teams today, that's probably worth it. And I don't think that's something the Cubs are going to offer. So I think it's unlikely he's going to sign during the season. I think he's going to test the market, and from there, it's going to be really tough to keep him. So Kyle Schwarber back after making his uh, appearance, coming back in a surprise to everybody uh, after a couple of games in Arizona, made his way to the World Series and was able to play in four games. What's going to be the full plan? Is it just in the outfield with a, possibly a spot start you know, once every two weeks at first base? Catching, what is that? Is that something that happens once a month or more often? How do you think everything plays out here as you work to get 550 at-bats for a guy like Kyle Schwarber? Yeah, and it's um, you know, he's coming off a, a major injury. He hasn't played defense since April of last year, so <laughs> he looks good out there. Though he's been running around, he looks uh, and he looks healthy. He's been taking um, reps out there. Uh, I, I think it was in the news that he took some reps at catcher as well. There were limited reps, and he wasn't always in that squad. He was in that uh, one knee. They had him uh, try different crouches to kind of take some of the pressure off the knee. I don't think he's going to catch often. He's going to be like their third catcher. Um, yeah, I, I don't know about, you know, I, I think hopefully they get him up to maybe once a week. I know you said once a month, but, you know, every once in a while get him in there um, and, and get somebody in left field because the Cubs have so many good players to to rotate around. And if Schwarber can catch once in a while, that's just another day that somebody can play uh, left field, like it's over us, and you move Javi to second base or, or something like that where you can get guys uh, more playing time because – it's a nice problem to have, but that's kind of the issue right now. The Cubs have 10 quasi-starters for eight spots, so um, they're going to have to find a way to move guys around. What about Albert Almara? Is it just as simple as seeing how he develops and hits this spring if he's going to take a, a full-time type of role? A lot of moving parts out there. They bring in Jay. Hayward can play some center field as well. They can move a lot of different guys around. Almara, does it just depend on what he does offensively? Yeah, because defensively, it's a treat. You guys are gonna, yes. uh, you guys at Iowa probably already know that, but he can, he can really run down just about anything out there. And um, but offense, he's come in, he's uh, he definitely looks in great shape. You know, he looks like he's worked on, put some lean muscle on, not bulky, so he's not going to slow down. But he just looks like he's in, in real good shape, and he was hitting the ball really well in batting practice. And of course, you know, batting practice is one thing, but. You can, kind of, you can kind of get an idea of just how much more pop he has right now. And he was hitting quite a few over the fence, which is not what we expect from Almora. But he's got a little added strength. Maybe that translates to more doubles and triples, maybe an occasional one over the fence. The key with him, though, is patience. Almora's always been such a good hitter, always had that hand-eye coordination. So, you know, with, with players with him, when they're young, they tend to swing at anything because they can hit it when it's lower-level pitching because they're that good. But as they move up, pitchers are better, and they'll get them to chase, and they'll start making contact, but it'll be weak contact, and uh, they'll ground out to short or ground out to second or or pop up, or whatever the case is. So for him, the key is going to be learned to taking pitches and not necessarily be a walk machine, but the kind of guy who waits for a pitch, maybe try to get ahead of the count and then wait for the pitcher to come to him with a pitch that he can really drive maybe into the gaps and get some doubles, triples. Well, and the other big question that remains about Jason Hayward, he uh, brought together the team in Game 7 of the World Series, and be with that, uh, certainly got the team back in the right frame of mind, maybe his biggest impact is what he did there in Game 7. 
How's the swing look to this point? Does he look like he is uh, at least on his way back to the hitter we once saw? I think we could call it on his way. He's not there yet. Uh, we'll call it a work in progress. So, and, and I know he's been taking a lot of reps there. And uh, early in the spring, he came down very, very early to start working on it. And I was watching him a little bit today. And the swing looks great in BP, in batting practice. But once he gets out there in the live games, it's a little different. And um, he's just going to have to retrain his, his muscles to kind of do the same thing, repetition over and over again. And he's not there yet. Um, he's taking some swings that look a little bit like the ones he took last year. Sometimes they sometimes they look a little uh, more like the swing he's had in batting practice. But it's just not been consistent yet. It's going to take some time. Um, I would say at least a whole spring and maybe uh, – into the season at some point before he really feels starts to feel comfortable and, and natural with his uh, with his retool swing. Not the news that a lot of Cubs fans, I'm sure, wanted to hear. They wanted to hear, oh, yeah, swing looks back right away from the get-go. Doesn't appear to be <laughs> the case with Jason Hayward. John, as always, good catching up with you. It'll be a conversation we'll be having a lot throughout the spring and summer months. Always enjoy it. John Arguello at the Cubs get Den. Thanks a lot, John. Thank you, Trent. You can find his work again, part of ChicagoNow.com. It's the Cubs Den, and he joins us on the Draft House 50 Hotline. We'll come back with our number two back into the basketball. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little high school hoops. Luke Federson uh, had an opportunity to talk with Luke and, and some different people that saw Iowa City West and Muscatine, three future Hawkeyes in that game. We'll get his thoughts on that. Also, a talk with Luke about what we're going to see next week with the Boys State Tournament here at Wells Fargo Arena. Some of the names to keep your eye on there. Then Kevin Lehman as we break down the big four. Drake in action tonight at Arch Madness as they'll face off against Bradley. Tomorrow night it'll be you and I against Missouri State, Iowa, Iowa State. All that to come here as we roll through. It's Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker 1700 Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios. Afternoons, we talk sports on 1700 with Jimmy B and TC, noon to 3, and Des Moines' biggest local sports show, Marty and Miller, from 3 to 6 on 1700. Napa know-how. Spend $24 on anything at Napa this month, and you'll get a free Chase Elliott racing cap. You can spend it on oil. You can spend it on wiper blades. Heck, spend it on a year's supply of pine tree air fresheners. No matter what you spend 24 bucks on, you'll walk away with a free Chase Elliott racing cap planted firmly on your noggin. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Offer expires 331.17. Grammy-nominated Joe Bonamassa, hailed as one of the world's greatest guitar players. rock titan joe bonamassa live in concert on thursday march 9th at the des moines civic center tickets on sale now at the venue box office and at des moines performing joe bonamassa don't miss your chance to experience the guitar event of the year since 1993, Wolf Construction has been Des Moines' choice for residential and commercial roofing. From complete re-roofing to small leaks, call Wolf Construction at 225-8866 for your roofing needs. Call 225-8866 to set up your roofing consultation or online at wolfconstruction.net. That's wolfconstruction.net for Wolf Construction. A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. wolfconstruction.net. 
Hi folks, Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 515-331-1577. We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. Hey, it's Jimmy B. And TC for Draft House 50 on Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Hey, Draft House 50 has 47 big screen TVs for great viewing of any game. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, tennis, you name it. Hey, the Draft House 50 can get it, even cricket? Draft House 50 has a sensational menu featuring specialty burgers, steak, salads, and so much more. And on Saturday and Sunday, beginning at 10 a.m., it's brunch, which includes a terrific Bloody Mary bar. The Draft House 50, a place for sports, great food, and drinks. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. You don't need more sports, but you want more sports. Rockstar Satellite can fix that with free next-day installation on DirecTV. Call Rockstar Satellite, 515-262-STAR. Call today for next-day installation, 515-262-STAR. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-860-6565. That's 1-800-860-6565. 1-800-860-6565. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Now that I've joined Audible, my drive time is more, well, thrilling. As I listen to Paula Hawkins, the girl on the train. I know something happened on Saturday. I knew it when I looked into that dark tunnel under the railway line. My blood turning to ice water in my veins. And that's why I don't take the train. Get the girl on the train free when you start a 30-day trial at audible.com slash act now. Audible. By the time you finish this ad... 1,157 people will have planned their travel on Skyscanner. Skyscanner is here to make travel simple while finding you the best deals. From flights and hotels to car rentals, we bring everything together in one place so you can plan the perfect trip from D.C. and beyond. Discover why over 100 million travelers trust us every month. Search Skyscanner or download the Skyscanner app today.